Welcome to Verbal Art, a podcast where we talk about artsy stuff in different locations. I don't really have a fancy way that I'm starting these, but uh, this is Verbal Art Podcast, as we are calling it now, uh, with Senja Ram, and today here with Sasha Pasha, uh, <clears throat> Sasha and Pavel Rotz, who is an artist duo from Russia, living here in Helsinki, and we are in Gallery Huto, in the center of Helsinki. Um, yeah. Can you guys maybe first explain mm, the like where we are, kind of the gallery and the and the room, just quickly, so people can be here with us. You can start or me. I don't know. I mean, we can start together. Yeah. So we are. Hi, hello. By the way. Yeah, yeah. Like Sasha yeah. and Hi. Sasha, hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, Sasha and Pasha are my friends from school as well, as like most other people I interview in this podcast series. Uh, and you guys are married. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, for quite a long almost time. 14 years. Officially. Well, officially, wow. Well. Not officially, it's much longer. Yeah. Yeah. Close to 20, I think. Oh wow! <coughs> but you, so you know each other from Russia and moved here together. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah exactly. And uh, many years we work in the duo, but last few years we also started to work like separately as well, not only as a duo. And now we are in Galeria Huto in space number three. <laughs> so this is, yeah, because it's divided <laughs> yeah, uh, for, for yeah, yeah. four spaces, I think, and each of them has its own number. So we are in number three space. <laughs> and it's it was, I think, for us a bit um, challenging because, I don't know, do you feel, or did you have this feeling that this space is like a corridor and it's quite hard, actually, to work with it? I mean, um, I have been here before. I've never exhibited here, but I've seen exhibitions here before and it's... Um, yeah, it is a funny space in this way that it's quite large, but then mm-hmm. they have built these um, partitioning walls so that it really is several different rooms. But this idea of like um, corridor space, it kind of starts already from when you enter from the outside. Like the yeah. facade is mm-hmm. almost impossible to find because it's super anonymous and it just says really small on the door that it is, even though it's quite a large known gallery yeah and then yeah. you have to walk in and upstairs there's like offices or something and then you have to walk down the stairs and into the right and so already when you enter the first door you're a little bit confused about where to go but i have to say that you entered from the back door because like from the, the main door the main door of the gallery now is this uh, gate 
Oh, really? From the yard. From the yard yeah. And this kind of written hood or in the big letters. So, like, you you just find your <laughs> sneaky way to. to so, get maybe it. this like is why door. it looked yeah. like a weird office hallway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they are not using, like, so much this entrance, oh, really? but like. So, that's why it was anonymous. I always use street door. Yeah. Mm. We, we used to use it also, but now they're trying to switch to this. Yeah. That door is a main. No, but they are now not, yeah. like opposite. <laughs> considering okay. Like. Well, yeah. Sorry, Husto. It's uh, hard to know that you don't want people entering from the street. <laughs> but <laughs> so, yeah. So we are in this like kind of half of the room. And you're right. It is a little bit like a hallway because there is an opening in each end. Uh, which, Sasha, you have covered these openings with these wonderful... Uh, curtains, curtains. Yeah, yeah, curtains. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you can see through them. That was the sound of these, like the beady uh, curtain sound when we walked in. Those are homemade curtains Sasha has made. What are they made from? Uh, from paper clips and uh, pieces of postcards, Sovietical postcards. What? Uh, it's pieces of uh, Sovietical postcard. Okay. Uh, made in Soviet Union. So we bought couple of kilos of these <laughs> postcards so it was somebody's collection yeah and, around four, uh, four thousand yeah and then <gasps> we cut it so luckily in printmaking we have this like guillotine so it's not necessary do it by hands but it was quite a tricky work because i wasn't sure that i will be in time because i come up with the idea like maybe months and half before the opening <laughs> because first i was thinking to cover this uh, entrances with uh, textile but then I decided maybe it doesn't work because I would like to keep it like transparent mm, yeah and then I come up with this idea so it's actually it's not my idea this is a link for a particular um, agenda which existed in Soviet Union when I was a child so I people usually do this make these curtains yeah yeah Aha. Because of, it was time of deficit and nothing was in the shops, and uh, yeah, it's like a link for for these uh, times. Mm, yeah, I mean, because it is very like the seventies chic with these beaded uh, curtains. But then, yeah, I could imagine in Soviet Union, people became creative, <laughs> but they are very, very beautiful. I mean. They really look like this uh, wonderful upcycled something. Mm. How many postcards did you use? Did you use all 4,000 that you bought? Uh, no, I think we used more than half. Maybe. I have to, like, uh, I think it's. She was uh, in charge for a cutting, so maybe probably. Around 20,000, like maybe 14,000 of clips. Mm-hmm. So it's better to count it in the clips because. Uh, and then. Ah, yeah, okay. It was then. Uh, yeah, I don't remember the amount of postcards, but like I was counting by these pieces. Mm-hmm. By stripes first and then yeah. by pieces. Mm-hmm. So you cut a little stripe of postcard and then you fold it around a paper clip and yeah. then you have like super many paper clips connected into these long chains. Yeah, like a chain system. Yeah, and and no glue, nothing. No, no, and then we just have these wonderful curtains. So, like you say that it's um, it ties... Mm. the entrance of this exhibition to like the past of the Soviet Union and now your lives are here which is what this whole exhibition is about right kind of like mm-hmm. memories yeah, and, and yeah. bridges between present mm-hmm. and and past and 
maybe future or yeah but at yeah, least, yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah i mean i would say like it's kind of about like personal memories on the backdrop of historical process like bigger historical narratives and like why it's like all those fragile narratives because like if you see it if you see like a bigger historical narrative as a kind of solid narrative then kind of personal memory is more like fragile narratives that is on the backdrop of that mm. and usually like easy to, to break you know easy to, to, to lose uh, as we are losing our like roots for example uh, and yeah it's called also like you did mention that it's mm. the word called iron curtain Oh, so, yeah. like, it's obviously yeah. like literally iron curtain, and of course it represents iron curtain. So it's kind of object in itself because it is iron curtain, and it's made because of iron curtain. Because when it was not nothing in Soviet Union, it was because there is, was no like, you know, there was no something like made for decoration of home. Like it, basically, they were producing like uh, guns and uh, rubber boots, mm-hmm. and, and also tanks. some food and, yeah. maybe, but. So then, if you want to be creative, you need to just take some existing things and uh, transform it to something else. And now it's, we are getting there again, so it's kind of obvious link to this, again, like connection with past and present. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so that is quite a beautiful, symbolic thing that you have turned this hallway gallery into, that you enter through the Iron Curtain and go through the memories of your lives. Uh, in the Soviet Union, and then you exit through another iron curtain in the other end of the room before going out. But let's just, um, since no one who is listening can be here with us, let's quite quickly describe the room so they kind of know where we are. This is a little bit special place because um, even though it has these wide gallery walls, it has this very beautiful tiled floor, which is like um, this... Just- this pattern. checkers, like, yeah, chest yeah, checkers pattern with, like, um, alternating, like, ochre, red, and and white tiles. So, it, like, an old kitchen floor or something, um, which I, I somehow find to fit really well with mm-hmm. the exhibition here because, um, okay, so, Sasha, you study in the printmaking department yeah. at school, and yeah. Pavel, you are in the media-based department. But a lot of the works here uh, have this like printmaking feel, even the ones that I assume should be collaborative. That it's a lot of repetition of like um, wallpaper feel of repetitive, repetitive patterns and stuff. So, is that inspired by the floor, or um, like how how much did you consider the space when you mm-hmm. thought of what to bring here? Uh, I think it was somehow in subconsciously this floor because I really like it yeah. to be honest. so this is actually um, I think one of the best thing in this gallery this is this floor and uh, but when I okay yeah let's let's start from beginning um, all right our initial idea for this wallpaper it was uh, not to use blue mm. so we were thinking to use like this um, Mm, green like a chrome oxide mm. chrome oxide green but then we ran out of color and <laughs> it was quite close to the opening and we decided okay let's use blue because it's also like a Ukrainian color and when we put it here I think it's uh, quite well yeah. together with the floor yeah it's a whole white wall where you yeah. have is it a print or a stencil or mm, no it's not a stencil it's a print so it's like a 
silkscreen. Yeah, it's silkscreen, and it's like we print uh, maybe 10 pieces of paper, and it's like a pattern. So we print here and there and here. So it's like uh, going like as a diagonal. Mm -hmm. So we were trying to keep this pattern. Like a classic keep, way yeah. to build a um, pattern for wallpaper. And it was, of course, it was also reference to, again, like Soviet Union, because in Soviet uh, wallpaper was not uh, to say that it was popular to say nothing it was just the only way you can you know Decorate. treat your home yeah, yeah. so you need always to put uh, this and then also carpet on the wall that this mm -hmm. might be represented by this vase here yeah so the motive here is um, a ball of like fruit a fruit ball yeah actually yeah uh, this is uh, the main point because uh, it based on the collage or applique which I made when I was a child in the kitten mm -hmm. garden and it's situated in this pile of uh, soil the original work like a starting point for everything here and uh, it's not the first time when I'm working with this subject so I already made a couple of paintings based on this yeah also this big um, mm -hmm. uh, wall tree like, tapestry yeah. that is it like hand sewn yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I just... prefer it like this way because I'm not good with the machines. Yeah. <laughs> so I prefer even like to work with a big scale, but to do it by hand. So working with the same motive all the way from your childhood to now, and then reproducing it in different uh, handmade techniques. And so, did I understand it correctly? Did you screen print it directly yeah. onto the wall? No, 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 no. It's impossible. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or at least it's possible, but I'm not so advanced in printmaking yet. <laughs> so no, we printed in uh, in uh, in a roll paper. Ah, and then you actually yeah, yeah, wallpaper. Yeah, yeah as, mm -hmm. as wall. like a normal yeah. technique for uh, attaching this kind of uh, paper for the wall. Yeah, and now you mentioned this soil, and I guess that's a little bit confusing to the people who don't know. So. Um, there are three massive piles of dirt in this room. Like, how many kilos of soil did you bring here? Do you know? Ton? Yes, yes, we bring like uh, one, one and a half ton. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, but so one. like one thousand five kilos, five hundred kilos. Wow! But if we would put it like, <laughs> we need to open a secret here. Like that, if we put it as you see it, if it would be like a solid soil pile, it would be much more. Yeah. So of course it's a builded structure Under. behind, mm -hmm. yeah. and like it's kind of this, you know, uh, how you call it, Pyramid, like a, like a big bomb, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Under that, yeah, that we covered with chicken net and like uh, this kind of uh, special. Okay, so we're getting the so sculptural secrets here. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank yeah, you yeah. for sharing. But I think it's less than one ton and a half because some of uh, some of left, yes, yes. Yeah. But I mean, we both like and we, we both invite now people to use it for a gardening or so you can oh, really? take it for free. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, I mean. But I would have not guessed, I cannot estimate tons in this way. So if you had just told me there is, like, this is one like and a half tons and it's massive piles, I would have believed you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to... So do. yeah, like, um, two, like, kind of one of the corners and then up against one pillar from a wall and then a little bit more loosely in the end. Um, what do these piles of dirt mean like why are they here yeah like here we're coming to the main maybe point of the uh struggle with the show like of course we need to mention that i mean say from very beginning and it's like also in the text like in the 
top of the text that of course the exhibition was like uh, highly affected by the war mm-hmm. and like uh, because we planned this like you know almost two years ago and uh, nobody would think that it will start just in one month before the show uh, then we were considering what to do basically first we were not even like uh, linking the war with the exhibition because it felt like the war it's de- it's terrible and so on but nobody would think that it will last so long so like we were so shocked and like involved so we didn't think about upcoming show so much but then when it's actually we were just like two weeks to go we realized that yeah war is continuing and just getting worse and the exhibition is coming and like it was two options basically to cancel the exhibition to join this movement of artists who decided to be silent while the war is going because it's kind of impossible to make art on this backdrop of war at least like for us as a uh, artist with Russian background uh, but then we decided that because the exhibition is very much connected with the war memories because we didn't mention yet but while Sasha is working for her personal childhood memories I'm working with my grandfather grand, like my grandparents childhood memories mm-hmm. and this makes this bridge like of the uh, personal memory uh, on the backdrop of this like uh, history and of course like for my grandparents their childhood uh, and their childhood memories it was on the backdrop of the Second World War. And uh, we decided that we just need to open it up and not be scared to work on the, in the, these circumstances, but like just to, you know, uh, use this opportunity to claim some our attitude uh, towards this, uh, what is happening, and dedicate this exhibition in many ways to the ongoing war, also. So, did the exhibition change a lot after Russia invaded Ukraine, and you had to reconsider like your whole idea of of working with your Soviet memories and as Russian artists in Finland? Uh, did you adapt the exhibition a lot, or? Yeah, I think in many uh, ways. Yeah, but I would say that because maybe my part here is more um, not complicated that but more time consuming mm. so my part didn't change so much maybe some of the points for instance that I exhibit this work uh, in the pile of dirt and uh, there also yeah so this this work that Sasha was just pointing to uh, but pointing is silent so uh, is in one of the big piles of dirt there is um, this big uh, sheet, white sheet uh, m- placed over the soil and like uh, fastened with rocks lying on it and, and you have hand embroidered flowers on yeah, it? Yeah, actually this is a copy of, uh, not a copy but like a large copy of this uh, small embroidery on the wall which was made by my mom instead of me for a, for a school task Ah, so yeah, it's so we keep it uh, for many years, and then uh, for this show, I decide to reproduce it, but in a huge scale. So that's nice. Your mom has a work in this exhibition yeah. as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And of course, like we can separate this, you know, in a way that you didn't change a lot and maybe I changed more, but I think it's not about that. I mean, the entire exhibition, how we approach that, how we kind of curate it inside our duo, how we exhibit works and how we just even write about them, mm. this is something that we need to reconsider. We're kind of more reconsidering our standpoints rather than mm. the works itself and our like attitude towards. Sure. And like, for example, like uh, just in practical, like very practical level, uh, you you write like we just, for example, we decided to exhibit this work on the pile of soil, or like also use these uh, secrets that mm -hmm. we will show we talk about it a bit later, mm. or like uh, for example, this uh, old work with pencil cases that instead of just showing him as a showing them. As they were, I decided to burn them, mm. also as a reference to ongoing war and this kind of, you know, uh, terrible evidences of, uh, like, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, when they're trying to hide this, like, uh, burning bodies, burning bodies yeah. and so on. Yeah. And, uh, and just, how to say, uh, to make it more uh, obvious, these connections with the war memories, because, like, again, like coming back to the very kind of basic idea of this exhibition, even like if I just describe like my, our first ap application that mm. we were writing, I was, for example, from my side, mostly write about like a history of Ingram, Ingramalandian uh, Finns. Or like Ingrian Finns. What does that mean? To it's to my nationality, so to say. Like I mean, it's a nation or like a my minority that used to live in Leningrad region, like in this uh, around Saint Petersburg, like close to Estonia, like this region that Ingerman land mm. or Ingermanlandia, and it's a local population. It's basically like. Uh, yeah, so they called Finnish uh, in in Inkiri so Malays. Inkiri yes, like in Inkirian Finns. Yeah, yeah. Finns. Yeah, Ingrians. So they were Finnish or Russian or they used to live on the Russian territory or territory of Russian Empire, then like on Soviet Union, and they they were one of the minority that was always Finns, but. Under repressions and so on, so it was of one of these kind of national minorities that was like repressed, same as with other uh, minority populations in in Soviet Union. And this is your family. It's roots? my family roots, mm. and this exhibition was mostly about this kind of how this, uh, how we as a kind of part of this Ingrian population end up in Finland, basically how they survived the war time because like my maternal. Uh, parents, uh, my maternal grandparents, uh, they were evacuated to Ural uh, during the war, but like the uh, paternal grandparents, uh, it was an opposite situation because they uh, were taken by Germans to uh, like Estonia and then they went to Finland during the war. So like this was a background stories. It was mm. like from a personal perspective, but with the war, like with the outbreak of the war, it became also more relevant to nowadays. And uh, when I'm, for example, working, uh, making a work based on the siege of Leningrad, I can't avoid thinking about Mariupol that is under siege now. And especially like mm. this kind of uh, 
opposition between uh, two narratives when in one case it was like uh, some uh, uh, Nazis uh, like army from uh, Germany occupying like Russia and this time it's Russia occupying Ukraine so it's kind of this craziness that the level of this kind of craziness it's un- unavoidable you know not yeah, to consider it's really um, yeah for those who don't know Leningrad is the old name for what is now St. Petersburg mm-hmm. so yeah we are in this weird spiral of a situation that um, this war that has been going on for so many years in some way and like mm, Soviet Union suddenly blowing air into itself again or what is happening we don't know like tomorrow is um, Finland and Sweden are supposed to tomorrow announce for sure that they want to join NATO so we are on the brink of like very interesting or scary times potentially right here we don't really know but um, I mean I assume a lot of listeners maybe don't know anything about Finland because in the rest of Europe we don't know that much about this corner of the world but Finland and Russia shares like I just looked it up like 1,300 kilometers of border with Russia so that means um, if Finland joins NATO NATO will more than double its border like touching with Russia so this is why Finland has been in this really peculiar state uh, geopolitically Um, so yeah you have your childhood memories and your family histories of this like all these people going across the borders in this region because of different wars and territorial division Um, but also Finland in itself has like historical ties with Russia and complications with World War Two and the Winter War and um, and also been part of Russian Empire for some quite a long time. Yeah exactly under Russian domain and then like we have this Karelian region on the east uh, border of Finland where that literally was just split down the middle and half was turned Russian and half was turned Finnish and people were forced to move to one side or the other and assimilated into the culture they ended up in and Um, So, I mean, it's such a tense subject and this is such a tense part of the world for it to to happen, which is why Finland has uh, been like neutral in this Mm -hmm. whole thing and not joined NATO until now, because, yeah, I don't know, I guess it's a little bit more um, delicate to be here and be like taking part of one side or the other. But that's why it's also, I think, really nice that you guys decided to have this exhibition anyway, that you didn't cancel it. Because, I mean, to hear these stories from either side about the past and how history maybe repeats itself or how, like it says in your exhibition text, and that um, the overall narratives are like general or um, larger, but then we have our own little fragile narratives like the exhibition is called our own micro stories that is what we can hold on to I think that's a really nice way to frame things like this to have like this um, focused in look and this zooming out at the same time yeah sorry I didn't mean to have a small monologue about your work but no, it was no, it's, <laughs> uh, such a 
interesting comment and mm. uh, as you said that probably we are we are living in interesting time and and at least we are like a testimony of uh, upcoming uh, events which is going to be this uh, uh, NATO Finland and yeah, we don't really know yeah like but it, at least there is like some tension and suspense in the air at the moment um, yeah Let's talk about the videos. There are two video works in this room, and you have made those, Pavel? Yeah, yeah, and it's both are quite... They are not like from yesterday, so to say. No. Or they are from yesterday in a way that they are from past. I mean, yeah. because this video like recorded in 2017, and uh, my grandmother, who is on the video, she's already, she already passed away in 2019. So uh, it was kept for a while on my hard drive waiting for this moment and the same is another video with my grandfather so like and the it's kind of too representative basically because this uh, my grandmother is uh, maternal grandmother and this grandfather is my paternal grandfather so it's your two like um, two different lives two branches yeah. of your past yeah yeah and they also ended up during the war they ended up on the different parts of the of the Finnish Russian uh, Finnish Russian uh, border so like uh, as I already mentioned like when the the siege of Leningrad came like it was surrounded by army like uh, German army and Finnish army actually also and uh, it during World War two yeah, yeah yeah like during the so-called continuation war like or like in Russia it's called like great uh, motherland war whatever like uh, it was surrounded and uh, they uh, maternal uh, grandmother ended up being on Russian side and paternal grandfather was taken by German forces to Estonia like to Kloga concentration camp but they were not like treated the same way as uh, other uh, prisoners there like other uh, yeah uh, people who ended up then very sadly but they were uh, aimed to kind of collect all the ingredients and send them to Finland so Finland want them to assimilate them in, in here like other mm. Finnish people but then after the war they were forced again to move back to Soviets because uh, as a Soviet citizens when the Russia took over and the uh, Soviet government wanted all uh, like Soviet citizens back. Some escaped to Sweden, but like most of them, majority was forcibly sent to Russia back. And they, they never end up in their homeland because it was prohibited to them. They were considered by Russian government as a politically unstable because they used to be on the uh, other side. But the same happened with my mother relatives who were in Russia, but they were in Grimmelandia and Finns, so they were like this minority that we can't also, you know, trust. Yeah, so because if being a kind of Finnish yeah. person, but actually being Russian, yeah. like, they never grew up in Finland, right? They grew up no, in no, Russia, no. they spoke yeah. Russian, yeah. their passport was Russian, yes. but they came from this, like, border people who even not border it's even not border it's no, just like uh, another like region yeah okay. that just populated by different nations and also it was this kind of 
I don't know, I, I can't call it indigenous people, but like, in a way, like uh, this minority of population uh, in, in, in Greece. So yeah, this area of the, well, maybe many areas of the world, but basically all these weird geopolitical borders that has been drawn up on a map, it's just, and wars, it's a lot of people being tossed from one side of the other of the border everywhere and being told they don't really belong anywhere and they don't fit in. I mean, this is kind of like an old song. No, it happens many places in the world. But just not to drop this now in the middle, like to make a long story short, Mm. uh, like uh, these videos. These videos, uh, one video is showing my grandmother uh, reenacting the process of making lollipops that they used to make during the World War II when they were in evacuation in Sverdlovsk in Ural. So they were evacuated with the factory who, which used to produce the guns or like uh, basically tanks for the front. And they used to live in these Ural mountains in the city of Sverdlovsk, now it's Ekaterinburg. And uh, her, my grandmother's parents used to work on this factory and producing guns. And they, but he, like in the evening time or like weekends, they were making these lollipops and selling on the local market to make their living or like support their living. And basically, these lollipop molds that you can see on the video, they made from the same steel that we're using for guns. They were mm. used for guns because they made from by same masters, you know. And the soil pile that is behind you is has this kind of cocks. So it's a traditional, uh, f- traditional shape for, shape for lollipops. lollipops. Ah, like uh, yeah. Like this kind of cock on this, this stick, like, you know? Uh, yeah, like a chicken cock. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, and you have just like um, kind of molded them out of the. I molded them out of soil. Out of the, uh, but directly into the pile. Like it looks like the they are. Um, they're like popping from the soil. That yeah, yeah, it yeah. looks like, but they are kind of separate sculptures yeah. that are also uh, casted into uh, just a bigger copy of this lollipop, basically. Mm. And they cast it from uh, sweet soil. And it's another story that happened in the beginning of Siege of Leningrad when the big food warehouses was bombed by Germans and a lot of sugar was melted by fire and actually sucked by soil. And the city legend, uh, it's not a city it's legend, it's legend, true, but I mean it's kind of partly legend because it's also a bit like maybe overestimated, by, but people were first like these warehouses uh, were bombed and that's why the siege went so kind of cru- cruel, cruelly, mm-hmm. uh, so harsh. Uh, and it was starvation from the very beginning, but also like this uh, sugar melted down and the soil became sweet and people used to dig this soil and if you suck it you have some sugar and also they uh, even it was even sold on black market, you know, during the siege. So people like really ate the soil I'm sorry I lost my focus for a moment where did the sugar come from to start with it was uh, like this huge uh, storage for sugar food food storage and it melted because of it was bombed in the beginning of bombing and fire yeah Yeah. 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 wow that is a crazy war fairy tale somehow that yeah so this like sweet sugar became this like warm memory it became like this sweet or like sweet, the sweet, sweet soil sweet, the, 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 the work the work yeah. called sweet land so mm. it's also like about this uh, uh, nostalgia about homeland because mm. they never returned so they were evacuated to this like Ural and then they never returned back they were like all around the place but never 
we ended up like that's why I was born in Petrozavodsk, which is Karelia. It's like more northern part of Russia. Yeah, and the uh, and another video is uh, another video is my paternal grandfather who is telling the story about pencil case. It's also like one another kind of almost secret object in our family that went through all his life. Uh, it was presented to him by his father here in Finland when they used to live here during the war. And then it was with him like all his life, basically it was his like school pencil case. So it's a little wooden pencil yeah, case that wooden, is like hand yeah. carved or... Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he just, and, in and the made, video, he telling made the story. by your grand no, no, it was presented by grand grandpa. It was bought. It was, it was manufactured like, by yeah. Okay. Some. Manufactured here in Finland. Yeah. Ah, like. oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, I have this pile of like burned uh, wooden pencil cases. Like, those are some that you made yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I saw them in another exhibition yeah. where you presented exactly. This piece. In in yeah. another exhibition, we were building this. It was a long durational performance when we were producing these pencil cases many, many of those, so it's kind of, it was this idea of reproduction of personal memory in the big scale, in a way. Mm. But here, like, again, it was one of the reaction towards war, because I, uh, here I connecting it with this kind of uh, evidences, or like, um, testimonies of war, when the Kloger camp, when they used to be before being sent to Finland, Hmm. It was the first camp when the mm, all the terrible things from Holocaust was documented first. Hmm. So it was the first camp where like uh, independent journalist from Europe was able to come because it was one of the first camps that was uh, how to say freed from Nazis. Where your grandfather was? Yeah, for a while, like you know, for. To, they, they, they were not like in a real concentration camp, but they were kind of part of it. How old was he, your grandfather? Three years, four years old. And then they sell them, uh, send them to Finland. But mm. I mean, the story about this Kloger camp, it was also like the story about the attempt of uh, Germans to uh, burn bodies, like to hide the uh, testimonies. And the same is now going on in Ukraine again, like, you know. And now there are these stories of, Russia, of uh, Putin sending, like, uh, mobile uh, yeah. cremation stations to the border so that they can exactly. burn uh, mm -hmm. dead soldiers. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, citizens. I mean, and, yeah. that's why I just was also, like, quite intuitive reaction that it's very kind of important object for me, but even though I decided to make this kind of quite, uh, quite harsh action just to burn this, like, as a, as a fireplace, and it's also like built so as it in this description of the uh, this fireplace for the, the basically like uh, uh, burning bodies in this cloga camp after the yeah. Nazis was leaving. So it's kind of again this parallel like of different narratives and different times of the history. So what we're looking at is like um, a little tower built from how many of these pencil cases? I think here is like uh, like how many four four in the uh, like twelve or. 16? Maybe, yeah. Four times four, But I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter so So a little much. tower that Pavel has built from his own homemade wooden pencil cases and then burned them. So they are like, they're full charcoal. Now you, you wouldn't be able to see what it was really unless you looked really carefully or know what, what you're looking at, maybe. Uh, so you have like burned your own reproduced past in a way. 
Well, it's a lot of symbolism. <laughs> um, but it's so nice that you have these videos of your grandparents presenting uh, their past, um, not just these like somehow very historical objects, but also how they are caring for them, like um, how your grandmother is is rinsing this uh, metal malt with um, with like Soviet symbols mm -hmm. on for for like so that the children can have proper candy with the mm -hmm. right symbolism and yeah yeah because you must say that it's actually like a star mm -hmm. like I mean for people who can see probably ah, yeah. that yeah. it's a kind of Soviet star as a lollipop in this yeah. case Yeah, with the what is it called in English? Like uh, I don't know, Sergumol, like, uh, Hammer and Hammer uh, and this and uh, hmm, what is it called? This tool no in idea. English now. I can check. <laughs> you yeah. Wow! Between the three of us, no one knows. <laughs> yeah, but we definitely know this. <laughs> I think, but yeah. It's called. Sickle. Seagull? Seagull. Uh, yeah, okay. A seagull. Like this tool that you use to cut of grass in the, in the field. So it's, yeah. the, it's the Soviet symbol. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, this exhibition is, I think, quite a nice meeting of old items, symbols, and these, like, uh, newer, colorful inputs of uh, such as hand-sewn, like, flower tapestries and and things because there are multiple of these they light up the room a little bit um, but also you brought a photo album I not brought it I made it for this exhibition so this is another story yeah so actually um, I don't know how to start but I have an uh, older sister mm -hmm. and she's 10 years older and uh, she always uh, had everything and I'm not so she had a photo album from her uh, really first birthday when uh, she was born and um, other stuff but I always was jealous that she had an album and I didn't so I just had a pile of pictures but it never been arranged in some album And once, many, many years ago, I asked my mom to make me this album, because I also would like to have it. And we bought, like, like this book for pictures. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it, no, it never been complete, so it never been arranged. So uh, she, my mom, she just put the pictures inside, but it never been arranged, is this, like, glue and stuff. And uh, for the, this exhibition, I decided, okay, now it's time, I will make an album. <laughs> and I made this like a book, so it's made in uh, bookbinding technique. And uh, I just uh, take off uh, my pictures from this not completed album and uh, arrange it in you. <laughs> so you finally made your own yeah, childhood yeah, photo uh, album. Yeah, yeah, and after the exhibition, I will give it as a present for my mom. Oh, that's really <laughs> cute. And so um, the photos depict you mm -hmm. as a child mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, your siblings and... Uh, uh, I think there is no picture. Maybe there is one picture of me and my uh, sister. I have only one. Okay. Sister and uh, others. It's some groups photo from uh, summer camps, from school, from our... Um, summer cottage when so are they from these photos like uh, what is the 
time, the, the time. years more or less that they are it's from. Uh, end of 80s mm. and uh, yeah and early 90s mm. yeah yeah and I mean I looked through it before um, it could if I hadn't known where it was that it was you and in Russia and mm -hmm. stuff it could might as well have been Finnish children in Finland mm. it mm. really looks very similar Common. yeah yeah lot of this like wooden cabins and mm -hmm. very old school clothing I mean that is the only thing that gives it away that it's um, Finland and Russia maybe share this thing with uh, a little bit more old school in Finland even though it is more commonly part of like Western Europe in a way it also has been like quite poor mm -hmm. and very marked by a lot of war and mm -hmm. stuff so uh, my childhood photos from the 90s they look a little bit different of course, you know yeah. like it's uh, I'm also from from the center of the city in Copenhagen so mm -hmm. uh, not so many wooden cabins mm -hmm. and old like wooden sleighs for the winter <laughs> yeah, and yeah. more um, Disney prints on mm -hmm. the yeah, 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 stuff course, like this yeah. it's yeah. late 90s in my childhood it was yeah so but but in a way it's like that is maybe also an important thing with these building bridges and stuff that Finland and Russia do share a lot of history and like Finland geopolitically has this like in-between position of being in between the west and the east and mm. a little bit maybe like national identity crisis about that sometimes also that where do we belong because like each side has claimed this country back and forth and then it like happened to end up on the NATO side Mm. But it could have just as well been the other way, like you know, in many ways that it's um, these people, like your um, your families, Pavel, who have been like on one side of the border and the other. I mean, a, a, a photo album like this kind of shows it, no, that it's growing up here or there. Like sometimes the borderline doesn't really make a huge difference, but then political big picture things make like all the difference it decides where you suddenly get to live or mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. I understand what you mean but mm -hmm. I maybe can uh, argue maybe a bit with these rhetorics because like um, I don't like the idea of now like talking from the side of being on like NATO side or Russian side because it's like I think we can just push it out of brackets and uh I would say about more like about maybe some kind of uh, experience of independence mm. that actually fin Finland might be considered just as a successful example of being independent country based on the local identity and uh, like uh, Russia what is Russia like when you say Russia you we like when we say Russia, we think like okay, there is some Russians who live there, but <laughs> are they? <laughs> like uh, actually, Russia it's like at least like maybe twenty different uh, regions mm. yeah, with so, the local languages, so mm. with the local languages, local populations, local indigenous people, mm. local like minority nations that they have their own cultures, own uh, like basically outfit you know all traditions own everything and language also and then uh, Finland could be like just one of these regions you know if like history will turn differently mm. but uh, after like revolution 
uh, Finland basically shown the good example of being independent and like uh, as it now going on like you know this kind of if we just pull out of brackets all these kind of NATO questions and so on but like just talk about like some kind of identities like Russia trying to build this kind of imperi- Im- Im- imperial thing that we are Russians you know like this kind of idea but who is Russians it's really kind of interesting question interesting yeah no, that's a really good point because there are no Russians that's a really good point and honestly I think the and then same... they could also like you know call Finns Russians then in this case but it's probably not would be the good idea <laughs> no but honestly I think it's a really good point and I think the same actually goes for Finland as well because if you look at Finland it's also a massive country yeah, and yeah. very different cultures very different regions um, so yeah that is a whole other area of debate this like uh, national propaganda about what is national identity and how mm-hmm. do you collect people under one flag and like absolutely very yes. uh, but I I mean I agree it's not necessarily this podcast about like discussing uh, international politics because honestly it's also very hard to mm-hmm. keep track of and I I do not know enough about Finnish or Russian uh, situations to even really go into it I, it's it's hard you don't have to go very far west from here until you don't really learn much about Russian history for instance in Denmark we are not taught in the school system knowing much about uh, these uh, areas of even though it's not that far away and you know we know about World War Two, but we know about that side of it that is relevant to us mm-hmm. uh, we don't really learn about the winter war or like the Finnish Russian relationship or any of these things it's very niche somehow yeah. it's uh, so moving here you It's opening this whole other area of mm-hmm. history that you have no idea. Yeah, I just mentioned this complexity to a bit like to how to say as a, not to be on this shaky ground of claiming this kind of commonness and this kind mm-hmm. of idea of this kind of that we share so much. Because this is exactly the idea on which Russian imperialism is built on. Mm. So kind of this idea, for example, that we are one nation with Ukrainians, you know, we are not. And this is very important to know because this is something that they use, this kind of imperial thinking, used to colonize other people. So mm. it's not a good idea at all. So that's why, I mean, that's just like triggering rhetoric for me, like about this. It's very good that you are catching yeah. it and explaining. Yeah. Yeah. So just for that, I mean. No, it is super complex. I mean, this whole. Mm, I mentioned earlier in this podcast, in the episode where I interview Arvid and Juliana, and we are in the bunker. We, I, I think I mentioned there that um, with Kino Club, this video collective, which Pavel also is my friend from Kino Club here, <laughs> uh, that we recently organized this uh, screening event um, again like to support anti-war uh, f- movements and um, collect money for for NGOs and and these things and where we, we curated films about war discussing this topic and already there we together had a lot of discussions and a lot of um, 
realizing just how complex it is to to treat current sensitive topics like this when you are not in the middle of it, but time-wise in the middle of it, and even more uh, maybe with the Russian identity uh, being part of it. Like there, we had problems with um, Ukrainian artists who didn't want to be featured in the same event as Russian artists who made like a an identity stance um, to to like to claim their independence in that way. And like you mentioned before, that you considered if you should even cancel this exhibition to make another kind of stance on on current situations. But it's really, uh, it's intense when things that are outside of your own reach and reality, like it's not the war, it's not here, Mm -hmm. but then that we still have to be so informed Mm -hmm with what we are doing that we mm-hmm. have to consider it mm-hmm. yeah I don't know I imagine that um, that with this exhibition as well that that has been a long process well now it has not been that long since the Russian invasion but still it long enough that a lot of um, changes and a lot of thoughts can happen yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, very intensive period. It's like when mm. this kind of classical, how to say, picture or like this idea that if people, a person has some accident and then all the life is kind of going through mm. one's head, you know, in one moment, mm. it's kind of similar feeling because since the war started, like after one week, everyone feels that it's at least one year past, yeah, you know. Yeah. So that's why in this way it was a long way, because you change your mind every day. Mm. You kind of rebuild yourself every morning, basically, like trying to, what is going on, what is like going on today and tomorrow, what was yesterday and what is next. So in this way, uh, it was a long way, yes. Yeah. <laughs> because like if you now remember 24th of February, it was like ages ago. Yeah, you have yeah. to, how to say, you have to get used to live differently and to have a new rituals and mm. new things that you have to care about which never been before what do you mean what what new I mean uh, at least what I have now so I uh, recently I told that Instagram is my last social net and I never will have a telegram for mm. instance because it's it's I don't have time for it and I don't, don't have resources but now I have telegram and uh, go there every now and then to read some news if something happens or not mm. is there is a new law or not can I go to Russia or not so something like that or at least also like this uh, campaign with a t-shirt yeah, this one, for instance. Yeah. So, so maybe explain about the T-shirts because they are part of the exhibition and we didn't talk about them yet. Mm. But you have so many elements here, mm. so if we, I think it's okay that we are doing this little bit messy, of course, piece by yeah. piece because yeah. it can be hard to swallow to everything at once. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So you have made two types of T-shirts, which you have um, screen printed yourself. Hand, so all of them are hand printed, right? Pavel is wearing one. It says "No Putin, no." And then the other one, you have like made this tapestry on the wall from a lot of them. And can you explain this symbol? Yeah, it's uh, 
I should say first that it's kind of two, two separated projects because okay. I this t-shirt is a certain campaign that we are running with uh, Robin Ellis and Sasha was also involved in the beginning and now it's kind of we are having this uh, separate Instagram account no Putin known like you can buy t-shirts there and of course like proceeds go to Ukrainian refugees and so on but like this it was just I just used this uh, uh, the this this project to facilitate another project that will be, that became a part of this exhibition okay. so I decided as like instead of working on the show on the preparing the exhibition I'm printing t-shirts in support of Ukraine maybe I should uh, conceptualize my art practice also there and like just use these facilities and these materials to do some work for the exhibition mm -hmm. and then this particular uh, exhibit this particular how to say you told you called it tapestry or like it looks like you have made another wallpaper tapestry yeah. from t-shirts yeah like yeah. Uh, it's kind of showing this uh, dozens of crosses uh, that looks like a improvised uh, cemetery or something like that so it's yeah. and this is basically orthodox crosses that you can see in the now like new uh, new new improvised cemeteries around Ukraine when people can't actually bury their relatives or like soldiers or this particular work dedicated to Mariupol which is like mm -hmm. now under the siege and uh, the it was the situation was so harsh and still so so harsh like that people were not able to use cemetery because it was under the uh, artillery attack constantly and just to uh, bury like how you call bury bury mm -hmm. your like uh, dead relatives you need just to do it in the yard mm. or like on the playground or like park and uh, uh, as we know in Russia now it's very hard to openly protest or you can like protest one time but then you go to prison so like right. to continue the protest you need to go more like guerrilla style and kind of underground and there is a movement that is actually feminist anti-war movement that is now very strong in Russia who end up with many nice like very smart initiatives how to protest uh, more uh, more uh, efficiently and more safely like some kind of hidden uh, protests and one of these flash mobs was this uh, flash mob with these crosses when people just made these uh, crosses from like small pieces of wood and like in the night you just go to your yard of your like sleeping like sleeping hood how you call it like uh, you know <laughs> Uh, yeah, and put like uh, this cross uh, in the playground or in the public park or like in the garden or whatever, mm. and like uh, it was a way to protest and the way to uh, to capture attention to this topic. That actually, uh, because like in, on the TV you can't see anything about war. Basically, I mean about real war in Russia. Oh, you can yeah. see only like propaganda about it. And to uh, raise people awareness about that's now like happening in Mariupol, people were like other protesters were like putting these crosses all over the place, and like it was basically like the action is in support of this flash mob, and uh, 
once again, like these t-shirts are on on sale, and uh, when buying this for 50 euro, you donate for Ukrainian foundations mm. who helping right now, like some also horizontal, like smaller. So yeah, this is kind of project on the crossroad of charity and art and. Yeah, like. I mean, there's no Putin, no campaign. That was a reactionary campaign to the whole. Um, current uh, invasion situation. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's a link to this like famous song that was written in the uh, uh, 30s when the winter war started. Net Molotov, Net Molotov. It's like no Molotov. So basically oh, yeah. the same. And also it was the American song. Um, I don't remember the uh, author, but like it was this uh, no, no, no Joe, like no to Stalin. Mm. Uncle so yeah, no, no, Uncle no, 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 it, yeah, it yeah. Like, yeah. no, 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 memories and experiences and more greater things and then the actual individual pieces so that you're saying like yeah then I had this t-shirt campaign going so I made t-shirts for this exhibition like the screen printing the multiplication like the very graphic display of it and then selling these t-shirts here having these piles of the screen printing it goes with like Sasha's works with the floor with all this I don't know it's um You're very good at making these wholesome collections of things and making them really tie into each other, which is something I have seen in your exhibitions before. You make these quite large collections of things in exhibitions somehow. You have a, usually a lot of elements, right? And a lot of objects and a lot of... Like, like links for... Many a, links yeah. between everything, mm -hmm. but also just like a lot going on, but everything part of the same story in a way. Um, so you managed to tell so much with like just one room, for instance, which is nice. Nice <laughs> to hear. Yeah. Sure, but I mean, also like you say, you have been working together for many decades. years, for decades. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, how is that um, to live together? To work together to study together like your whole existence is so intertwined it's very interesting yeah it's it's uh, it's a hard <laughs> and you know that i had this like episode last year this depression and panic attacks so this is also part of the uh collaboration <laughs> <laughs> this is the result. Yeah, it's a joke. But of course, it's a true <laughs> at the same time. So, it's, of course, it's not so even uh, as it should be, or mm. maybe how it looks from a side. But it's also like uh, hard work, and it's also a challenging for both of us, I think, to work together. Especially if sometimes we are not uh, keeping the same opinion about some stuff. So, this is maybe. Uh, this is maybe why we decide now to split our social media, at least. Oh, you are? Yeah, oh. because before we had a 
I mean, one Instagram. Of course, yeah, yeah. We are still sharing Facebook, but I'm I'm not using it. <laughs> Mostly, I'm using like my Instagram. So it's maybe I think it was right decision, and it's also uh, I think kind of progress for both of us. Yeah. Okay. I think it's very good kind of combination of this. Uh, commonness and separation mm. when you can you know uh, support each other in certain mm-hmm. moments when you need support and like to be separated uh, at certain moments to claim your own opinion or your mm. own thing uh, or at least to have a platform for it yeah mm. yeah like also uh, it's very good to have this balance because like I think before for some years it was maybe a bit unbalanced towards this kind of total sharing everything Mm -hmm. and then basically you can't make any kind of step aside if you don't agree you know so like if you agree 100% then of course there is no problems Mm -hmm. but if you have some kind of uh, your own idea then it's sometimes hard to uh, you know to merge it into commonness Mm -hmm. uh, if it stand out at least a bit of course it's still possible but then this kind of creates these tensions in duo and then it's that's why I think now we end up with a quite good balance, at least for now, like of this separation and commonness at the same time, because we still can uh, implement our separate own projects uh, as uh, individual artists, and then we can also uh, collaborate to make uh, common, bigger projects or support each other, because again, like we are professionals in a bit different maybe areas. Yeah, you. And I would a bit say you make quite. You work with very different media and materials, right? Yeah. yeah, and we have a bit like different, like common, but a bit different backgrounds. And Sasha reads much more books than me, for example, and I can kind of use her capacity and knowledge <laughs> for uh, to making proper links and uh, you know to uh, to ask Maybe names. Maybe you, you I are hope better to arrange some knowledge. And I hope. <laughs> keep the materials and yeah and I hope like to be save the materials mm. <laughs> and mm. you are arranged in a proper way and I kind of happy to be more like maybe some technical things like uh, helping to you know print making assistant <laughs> work it's a joke so we, we called him as a I mean, a assistant joke, of like printmaker not, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no but it's really I mean um, it's thing, this thing that maybe other people who work in these artistic fields like being a visual artist or a musician or whatever I think anyone who has tried to be in a relationship where only one part works in these like odd jobs and the other one um, maybe does not understand the creative process or this lifestyle that is very project based which means you have these like surges of mm-hmm. work and mm-hmm. then like low times but also stress levels building up and like deadlines that you have to meet it's a very special form of life and it can be hard um i guess to keep up a normal like relationship or social life uh, and being a very active artist in this way um so working together means that you don't have to fit things in like you don't have to have two schedules running and like somehow synchronizing because the other part is part of your schedule like 
It's not always true for us. I mean, sometimes we still need to overlap our different schedules. And like, I, Sasha is always struggling that I coming home very late after printing these t-shirts. Shelipaya, <laughs> uh, for example. Or I'm not struggling. I have problems with my nap this time, so I can sleep. Ah, yeah. I'm not okay. struggling. <laughs> I enjoy my time actually to be alone. I can read books. <laughs> no, but I mean exactly. I don't mean that you are suffering without me. I mean you are suffering when I'm coming late. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean in general, like you guys understand each other's um, work areas, the the challenges that goes of with course. them and, and the premises that you work on, mm -hmm. which is nice. But I, I understand that it's very close because also if you're inside each other's creative space and process, it's, it's yeah, it's very intense, no? Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I would say that I get used for this. Yeah. So it's... Now it's not like... It's normal now, mm -hmm. let's say. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Do you feel like you affect each other's work a lot? Uh, yeah, I mean, for example, I always ask Sasha's opinion and like it's my approval. Yeah, okay. Like first approval, you know, because I, I don't know, it's kind of just natural mm. and uh, any kind of texts or anything, ideas, uh, yeah, and also sometimes I kind of also inspired by some, even like, for example, now in Estonia, in residence, I want to embroider myself. <laughs> ah, yeah, you've been inspired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's so um, meticulous to do these handicraft things, really, for like all this repetition and all thing. It's very uh, time-consuming and very dedicated work somehow. But this is the only uh, things where I feel confident, mm. I would say, because while doing this, I'm not uh, thinking too much. Mm. I'm just relaxing, and it's quite a. a quite of med meditative process mm. because if I'm doing prints or paintings I always have to think a lot and not to uh, fail <laughs> because uh, I told you <laughs> yesterday that I always <laughs> made a lot of mistakes if it's necessary to keep some rules <laughs> oh yeah hmm. so let's walk to the end of the room because um, the one video, the video of Pavel's grandmother is silent but the video of your grandfather has him speaking mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I think it would be nice to have on the recording so people can hear mm -hmm. the voice of your grandfather which I think is a really nice touch to include that That first of all to hear some Russian in the background when you're in this whole, your memories uh, but but also that he's really here. How do, how do your families feel about your work you often include your own history and memories in in your works right sometimes yeah i've seen it before at least so how does your families feel about that they that they are included in these artworks mm, what could you say your family is coming tomorrow <laughs> yeah actually they are coming tomorrow and they were oh. also like practically helping to sasha for example to build this, this curtain, uh, curtain. Yeah. wow that's but really like, nice with my grandparents i usually just uh, quite uh, Probably I just quite uh, speculative in a certain way because I kind of know that, okay, it's my grandparents, you know, <laughs> I can find the deal with them. So 
I might be my attitudes towards them not the same as it would if it would be like a, some a random person I don't know. So you know, I have I feel like more right as a, a their close relative to uh, to use this. Um, relationships as a basis for my art because it's not only they it's also me you know like it's kind of my personal life part it's your so, inherited yeah of memories. course i ask them and usually inform them that they are gonna be on exhibition or like i'm gonna use this video for that and that but i i can say that i'm that there is no manipulation at all i i might be manipulating sometimes that i kind of uh, i can't explain to my grandmother all the things about contemporary art because he's just from another generation and from Soviet background and like but I kind of tried trying to find words how to explain and how to include her and make it friendly, friendly like you know for her or for my grandfather to find another maybe motivations you know as a interview to just capture the history that is also true I'm not lying but like of course I can't explain maybe all the it's just hard to formulate and also hard to I can't, of course, like, you know, explain more like um, artistic uh, or like these kind of parts of the work. These very conceptual sides. Yeah, I yeah, mean, exactly. It, it can honestly be hard to explain to anyone outside of like the art community or yeah. people who know. It's exactly. like a little bit of a work lingo also, mm -hmm. no? that we know all these fancy words for things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, of course, like, I can't, you know, start explaining my grandfather that it's about, like, decolonization, the Russian imperialistic thinking, you know. Uh, of course, I'm just saying that it's, uh, like, about his personal memory, and it's true. It's, yeah. like, about his life. And, I mean, uh, you have similar experience, yeah. I think, in the... I think absolutely the same. I mean, I remember how you were asking your mom to tell about it, maybe yeah. a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean about previous project with embroidery and uh, now you ask her to draw No, this kind of but thing. I uh, actually Or like your sister Maybe a bit different because uh, I quite open and I just Me directly too. ask No, 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 I mean that uh, Yeah, I just directly <laughs> ask Okay, can I use your So, yeah, if you are talking about previous project so it was like during the COVID time I uh, didn't have access to go to Russia and I was talking by phone every day with my mom and during this uh, phone conversation I made kind of drawings, kind of doodles and then I used it as a subject for my embroideries and uh, of course I asked my mom like the permission mm. to use these drawings uh, for a, for a Embroidery, like a draft for I embroidery. I mean, you probably were asking about permission to use videos. A video, yeah, but because, because Pasha, we Pasha, Pasha filmed uh, this conversation. Ah, yeah. And uh, but it was only my voice, and her voice was like uh, on the other side of mm. the phone. And uh, I asked her, and she said, "Okay." But um, I show her a final result. I think after the exhibition, or maybe later. So she. Uh, gave her permission but uh, she didn't see the result <laughs> only after mm. yeah but it's quite similar way to operate with this mm -hmm. stuff yeah and i mean obviously your grandparents also are aware they're being filmed it's very it's not like candid cameras you are mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you are like interviewing them and making mm -hmm. portrait films about mm -hmm. them and their history so i would assume there is a lot of consent in the whole process no matter what but it still is to like display your like um 
home photography mm. from your childhood like it's vulnerable it's it's um giving someone access to yeah to your family and to your yourself and these like yeah, inherited memories it's it's private but it's uh of course it's somehow common but but still not at all mm. so but yeah. it's nice that you are both working with it that you can combine it in this way mm -hmm. and also you should show secrets yeah but first let's go to the screen yeah we will go to the other end now to see the last works I mean, there are also these flowers. We didn't talk about these flowers. Yeah, but we will talk about it later, so it's... Okay. Yeah. Sure. So now we are in the end uh, with uh, the T-shirt wall of crosses and the last, like, the, the exit iron curtain and the pile of dirt and the video. <laughs> but I think maybe it's good if you now okay. say about these flowers also, yeah. because they're also close and we are standing in yeah, front you of can this... Help me. Yeah, you can help yeah. on this. So this is uh, actually this one. It's the original, uh, which I made when I was a child for uh, for three years old. It, it's the fruit basket painting. Yeah. yeah. The original. It's not a painting. It's like a collage. So it's a. It's a collage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's, it's the original fruit basket. Yeah, absolutely. And here it's like <gasps> another one. Wow! Uh, it's hidden in the soil. A Pavel is digging out. Sasha's childhood flower collages from the soil now. Yeah, and this red tape streets based on that one. Uh, so it's yet larger, newer reproductions of the old ones. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And here it's a pink one. Uh, it's made by my sister when she ah, was yeah. a child. And uh, this pink one is also based on this one. And uh, we decided to exhibit it like this because... Um, it's also like a link for our, our Soviet heritage, childhood. Because when I was a child, we had this game called Secrets. So the idea was to find some piece of broken bottle or a piece of glass and to put something interesting and beautiful under and to dig it near the tree and to, to hide it inside the soil. And then if you have a friend, you can go with them to the tree and open the secret a little bit and say, look, this is my secret. So this is a link for this. <laughs> it's very cute. Yeah, it was, was it like a treasure hunt thing or more like... Uh, no, it's, it's some trash. So it's some candy wrapped paper okay. or some dry flower or something like this. What is you can keep under the piece of glass and don't care. But in a certain way it was like a treasure, like he hiding the treasure inside the Yeah, soil. but trash but, treasure. <laughs> but it but it was not that someone else had to find them. No no no, it's impossible not really. because it's super tiny, you know. It was just you can show. It's yeah, you can you can you can of fresh. course tell and demonstrate it's more like yeah. Like not but not a kind of this at least we didn't have this. Yeah. Uh, and so it's not because public. and we have also <laughs> like uh, you both have similar, but mm. we grow up in different cities. And, and you both had this tradition as children yeah. that you would yeah. hide little, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, 
art treasures yes, mm -hmm. yes. under glass plates yeah. mm -hmm. in soil yeah. outside. Yes. Yeah, in the yard. <laughs> in the yard yeah. to yeah. show your friends yes. your yeah. treasures. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah. would be, like you said, candy wrappers or like yeah. things that or were not necessarily like valuable. flowers, you know, yeah. for yeah. example, like you put like a garbari, you know, like her how you call it? Yeah, you garbari. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like you try so you, it and, and you sometimes you take, um, like, uh, break the bottle and you have, uh, like, a bottom, bottom of yeah. the mm -hmm. bottle. Like a, ah, and you know, put that over down. the dried flower. And you put it over, yeah, and then you put the ground. In the soil. And then you kind of, you know, open it like that. It's yeah, and you like see, and then, then you can again, like, uh, yeah. Wow. And yeah. then you, yeah, you just show your friends, basically. I do, at least I don't remember that we were playing that someone have to find it. Maybe it was in some, I don't know, some other people's childhood. In, I mean, it was variations, probably. Maybe it was also this idea of like quest like. So this know. is like a Russian or Soviet thing in general? I think Probably. it's a Soviet thing. A Soviet here. thing. Yeah. We are Soviet, not Russian, but I no, mean like, we yeah, had this yeah. kind of common things mm. at least like we and I think it should be somewhere in some Maybe anthropologist. Maybe some differences, but in general I think Maybe it's at least our generation. Not, wasn't it with this book like Opasnia Sovietsky Wish? Huh, something I have to like check. that. Maybe, yeah, maybe there is some research about it. Because it's a lot of anthropologists who work with Soviet kind of background, Soviet yeah. traditions yeah. like that. You but know, this, is, this work, it's actually the link for it because I was a bit, um, uh, how to say, mm, curious and how can I combine these two things. So I really would like to work with this kind of secret. A secret, <laughs> and also I was uh, trying to find the proper way how can I install these works because it's um, now I think it makes sense uh, and bring another meaning to this because if I will just put it I don't know in the wall it's so going to be works differently. When you made these as a child, did you actually hide them under the soil? No, no, no. It was. Uh, this At least this one, not. no, this particular not because it was made in a kitchen garden, I think, as a task. Mm. And then it was installed in the wall uh, among others' uh, works. Okay. Yeah, sure. So it's this kind of exhibition for yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Exhibition for parents. And <laughs> I'm quite lucky that my mom uh, saved these works. Yeah. And I can use it and I can work with it. No, yeah. it's really nice. Uh, so when people come here in the exhibition, are they covered or are they shown? Covered. So then people have to dig for them or you come here no, and show if them? we are not here, they actually don't know that there is something except I mean, they see this one. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so the other ones are literally just yeah. hidden works. Yeah. 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 But if you are here, you performatively yeah. go and you show them to people? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of non-spectacular. But we decided, because first I was thinking, uh, like, uh, initial idea was to open all of them, but then you know, uh, together with crosses, uh, it's a bit works as yeah, a grave, like, and I decided maybe not. Okay. So maybe I will open this. Because one of them is you and one is your sister. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to have these parallels, Yeah. at okay. least uh, during the current situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So... Okay, Grandpa. so we finally have the answer to what all the soil means. That mm. like it's uh, it has many yeah. meanings, but yeah. But the, did you say they were actually made by sweet soil? These like uh, yeah. the, the cocks lollipops, down there. Yeah, yeah. Wow! So you brought sweet soil from uh, where? No, I mean I I just mixed soil you with made sugar. It. Okay, yeah. 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 
Well, I, just, I just make a kind of reenactment of that. And also now we need to f- water this soil because it's, as you see, growing. there is grass mm-hmm. yeah. growing. <laughs> and the idea was that uh, in the lifespan of the exhibition it will uh, become more green. I think and you should have had like a plant light. A bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. There is no sunlight in yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I was consulting with my sister who like has even like in, you know, in the bathroom, like something like that. Mm. She told like it's going to grow. I just didn't want to make it too kind of, um, you know, like a not a gardening, a you know, idea. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I mean, not like uh, that I'm rising, like oh. uh, growing grass here. It's like more like uh, <laughs> it just grow by itself. But you planted grass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but just like, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, maybe Just it was a bit uh, need more treatment in this in this manner yeah, that yeah. we are okay. not well, digging so well. And again, like several pieces that somehow look like they were made to be together. Let's get the sound of the grandfather. Короче, ко мне это, это потом стали бояться, не подходили, потому что все это деревянное. Это And he's telling childhood это, stories. Yeah, about this pencil case. Mm. Basically from the beginning and how they moved then from Finland to Russia and to Estonia. But he was very emotional, like, and that's why it was one of the reasons why I kept this video for... It was recorded, like, in 2016. Mm. And it... Uh, Uh, it was quite now you can see here like this moment that I just gave him this pencil case and asked like can you just tell it and we will record with the camera so we will keep it as your kind of memory but then he became so emotional so he started to cry and I was really kind of I even feel upset that I did it I mean I wasn't expecting that You felt upset that you were uh, filming? Or? I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, that I, you know, provoke his uh, tears, you know, like I didn't want it. I mean, I didn't want to hurt him, you know. So I was a bit like uh, worried, that, oh, shit, I, I didn't want to hurt him in this way. Like, I just did, I just wanted to hear the story. But eventually I asked, like, oh, that, like, grandpa, just relax, just tell something funny, you know, about this. Don't necessarily to dramatize, you know. And then he started to give some memories, but it was this exactly moment when, like, memory keeps uh, memory meets material implementation. Memory, you know, open up from some object. So it was really kind of yeah. uh, some kind of magic in that. So I like quite literal, you know, this kind of material memory. Opening this tiny pencil box yeah. and opening like a yeah. lifetime mm-hmm. of memories. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But do you think they were? unhappy tears or like because I mean being overwhelmed by emotions and memories is not necessarily bad even though it absolutely, is absolutely absolutely but I mean you know still you see you feel kind of responsible for that like and you think like oh shit But sure you have catalyzed this situation really kind of wanted that or yeah. you know just feel like and then I also didn't know like uh, what then to do with it because I was thinking he will just tell some kind of you know story from like history but then it was so emotional that it was too fragile like too kind of uh, sensitive to how to say yeah like how can I use it in a way and then first time we used it it was this uh, panel labor performance when we were actually reproducing these pencil cases like in more many of them was 2018 so it was mm-hmm. like two years gap between I recorded this video and used it for the first time and then it was on the several exhibitions actually like around this project but like always in a bit different 
context. Mm. And the funny thing about that pencil case is that now the original is in Lepinranta Museum. There is an uh, exhibition that is... Um, what is the name of the exhibition? Uh, for the obvious reasons. Yeah, for the obvious reasons. And it's an exhibition about memory of war and like history and it was really dedicated to memory. And we're exhibiting there this installation with these pencil cases, like original one and the reproductions. And the funny thing is that I didn't cal somehow calculate how long exhibition will stay there. So the plan was that this exhibition opened in December, so then, I think. Yeah, in February. And no, 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 no. It opened like January or December. I mean, it was like a long time before oh, the war. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I somehow thought that, okay, this opened in the end of April, so of course I will get this pencil case to exhibit here. But then eventually I realized it actually is still going on and like it's overlapping. So I will not have this very pencil case here on this exhibition. But it was one my plan, like, you know, to build up this exhibition. you wanted to have the original one. Yeah, and then I decided, okay, I should then keep uh, outside, like, originals. Mm. And it was actually quite productive idea also not to show, for example, these uh, molds. Yeah, the, the lollipop molds. The, yeah. the, the, the molds itself. I have it, I mm. think, right there on the table there. And this pencil case, so only like show the final result or like implementation. The documentation. Artistic. Yeah, also documentation yeah. and like the work based on that, but not mm. the object itself. So it's kind of again like a bit different angle of view. So I kind of decided, okay, as it happened, so that it was just a practical thing. So I didn't have this pencil case because it's on the other show. But mm. then it was actually nice to take this artistic decision, okay, I'm not going to show it, it then. Mm. and just uh, show only the work based on it, you know. I mean, that also has a lot of meaning, no? When you're working with these reproductions of things and other people's memories and shared history or others' history, that then to, sh to decide to not bring the original objects which were not yours to start with mm -hmm. into the thing. Yeah, and also like it's about originality, it's only one. So then, exactly, yeah. that's why I can't separate it, you know, and oh, yeah. like as a photography or something, I would, or like video, you know. Video is playing now also in La Yes, of so course. So it's in you. two places now. <laughs> and this is again becoming this story about originality and, the, yeah. you know, yeah, of the object. Oh, but it's unique. so special that you get to um, know your families and your own histories through this like artistic research process. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think that is quite precious and and I would say fortunate for the families also and everyone that you uh commemorate somehow these stories that you like this is another form of archiving or passing mm -hmm. on that yeah, now they they exist a little bit more firmly in time or in one way or another somehow. Mm. Yeah, tell Natasha that. Sure. Yeah, I will. Yeah. <laughs> Natasha, it's my sister's name. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I will tell her. Yeah, because she was asking permission like to use this. Ah, yeah. Because one of the yeah. applicants. They are indirect artists, like uh, contributing. They're yeah. collaborating without knowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So do you have anything more you want to say? Have we, have, if this was like such a good broad talk with all these different topics we also i think it's, it's the longest one so far i have mm. recorded but i kind of knew that going into it that there would be a lot to talk about but is there anything important we have forgotten 
I think we cover everything. We cover everything. We just, uh, you know, let's hope that when you edit this podcast, the Situation Putin will already die and war will over. <laughs> but if not, then please go to Instagram, find the No Putin No account and buy our t-shirts. Yeah, do you also have an, a, like an artist website or something else you want to mention that people yeah, can check? Yeah, SashaPasha.com SashaPasha.com and Instagram what? Uh, Sasha Roth and, uh, and Pavel Roth. Roth. Yeah. And I mean, um, wherever I end up uploading these, I will write the links because mm. it's really hard for people to realize spelling and yeah. stuff. Yeah. No Putin No. No Putin No is easy. Yeah, <laughs> you can buy t-shirts. Maybe you can still buy the t-shirts when this go on. I'm not sure. Uh, Unfortunately, this war seems to be quite long. So... Even in the end of summer, if you're listening it like in August, I think it's still actual. Unfortunately, I mean, I wish it tomorrow end. And in any case, war is somehow ever actual. And uh, even though every war and every dictator and every occupation is different, it's all just a lot of badness, you know, a lot of people using their power to make other people work and die for them and money being moved around and media that you don't know if you can trust what they're saying i mean it's somehow ever the same war is just really bad it's mm -hmm. shit no matter where and how it is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so yeah okay maybe that's a good place to stop <laughs> yeah, thank you. yeah thank you so much uh let's uh together leave uh mm. through the iron curtain and go back uh to the contemporary finland gallery thank you for listening hope you enjoyed it